Microphone check. One, two, three. Welcome to yet another episode of Why Now with Alexander DeBlanc. I'm your host, Alexander DeBlanc. And of course, I cannot start this podcast without giving all the glory and all the praise to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Without you, I am nothing. But I also want to give a special shout out to everybody that has been supporting, who has been retweeting, who has been sending me, you know, just just words of encouragement over this journey. As you all know, this kind of started impromptu, even though this was something that was on my heart. The start was just a random moment, and here we are, seven episodes in. And of course, for this episode, I got someone special for you, as always. But this person is family, literally. <laughs> She's my sister. She's a uh, motivator to me. She is a entrepreneur. She is so many things. Um, and it's none other than literally my sister, Medline Blanc, founder of Blanc Love. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great. Mama, I made it. I'm here. Not I'm here. <laughs> Listen, she over here performing for y'all. I'm just like, <laughs> we're going to have a fun conversation today. But uh, yes, how are you feeling? Let's do it. I'm feeling wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. I mean, just happy to be here, you know? Congratulations to you on doing your thing. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, she's my like biggest critic, y'all. So for her to say that, like I'm gonna, I definitely needed that to be documented. Like I'm gonna replay that because <laughs> she be keeping it a hundred with me. Like I don't know. Like I try to, I try to. But uh, how's your 2023 been so far? Man, wow. Um, just so many wow moments for real. That's 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 kind of the only way I can sum it up. I mean. I went in there just very optimistic, and uh, yeah, man, God's been kind of like shocking me every moment since, so yeah, it's been amazing. The start of the year has been amazing. Already, man, already. Did you set resolutions? I didn't really set resolutions. We were supposed to do a vision board, and we never did that. Yeah, but I wrote down my goals, though. I wrote down my goals, and I, you know, I listen to Steve Harvey a lot, so he tells me to write down 300 goals. 300. 300. Yeah. 300 goals. Don't lie to the people. 300? You wrote down 300 goals. 300 goals. Yeah. Literally. I'm, I'm talking about as, as little as it can be. It doesn't matter. And you're supposed to read through 300 those goals, goals every day. Literally. How many days are there in a the year? 365. You got a goal <laughs> for almost every day. Listen, as little as it could be, just gratitude. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something huge and materialistic. It's just becoming a better person altogether. So it's little steps and yeah. Yeah. I did that. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm going to tell y'all why I'm proud of her. And after we have this conversation, oh, along this say, conversation, tell us, tell us, tell us. but I'm proud of you, mm-hmm. but Thank I'm going to lead with that first. Okay. I'll take that. But you know, before we get into the conversation of Blanc love and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of want to just have a sibling conversation oh, because Lord. it's just <laughs> these are the convos I'm scared of. Let me sip. Oh gosh, not let me sip. But no, uh, you know, I was thinking about us growing up, and mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast with uh, it's on purpose by Jay Shetty, and mm-hmm. he had a guest on that was talking about how like no siblings have the same parents. Right. Do you oh. feel like we had the same parents? Woo, child. <laughs> mm, that's a whole nother podcast alone, but. Absolutely not. Um, I think you were fortunate enough um, to get the better side of our parents, to say the least. Jeez. Um, 
and uh, I think we were training for them by the time they by the time they got to you. So you're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, definitely, I agree with you. What I mean, yeah, you you definitely got the softer, me more understanding. Yeah, Caribbean parents. I don't know. It's funny you say that because I always imagined myself as like the black sheep of the family. Like I was very different. I'm the only one in the family that has like tattoos and really stepped out. Like the most taboo of things. But it's ironic because I would say I did have two different parents. Like they were very authoritative, authoritarian Mm -hmm. kind of. But I feel like as far as discipline and their ideology around discipline, by the time it got to me, it was like, okay, we done tried this. <laughs> like, right, let's, right. Let's try something else. But then yeah. also, I just feel like I was such a crybaby that even if they came towards me with yeah. any type of yeah. formal punishment, it was just like, I probably would cry. It's kind of non-existent, though. I mean, I think we were also protective over you, too, as uh, your older siblings. We kind of, we babied you a lot. I mean, you were the baby. You are the baby. Yeah, <laughs> I am. And, um, you know, so we, we were very overprotective over you. We made sure you did certain things in certain ways so that uh, you, you didn't get in trouble. I mean, you were just so sweet, you know, and and uh, and fragile, I think, in a way. Not fragile, y'all. I mean, she over know, here making it I seem like I'm a baby soft, soft now. But, but, I mean, you were you were just different. You really you really were you were different. Believe it or not, y'all, I'm the most gangster in the family, but they don't okay, need to know. Okay, them tats, don't let them tats fool <laughs> you, y'all. <laughs> but, um... You know, one thing that I will say, that although we did have different parents, one thing that they instilled in all of us is the legacy and oh, like yeah. a sense of family and oh, being God. a part of the family. How do you feel like that kind of has helped shape us to or shape you to who you are today? Like you're the oldest to give yeah. context and I'm the youngest. So we both have to kind of like we live two separate lives where it's yeah. I'll never know what it feels like to be the oldest and mm-hmm. you'll never know what it feels like to be the youngest, but we both still have that sense of family yeah. integrity and, yeah. and holding on and carrying that lineage so much so that our last name is on everything. Literally. Even on my back. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It is literally on his back. Uh, I haven't gotten there yet, but, uh, but I mean, you know what, although I'm the, the oldest and you're the youngest, I think the expectation still kind of makes us, we still connect in a way because of it. Mm. Um, but I mean, as far as like what they instilled in us, um, and just like the way that they brought us up was just to be very proud of who we are, um, to also, also make them proud. Don't get me wrong. We did our thing. We took certain ways. You are far short of the glory of God, you know, you know, but, but they still loved us. And you know, one thing I realized from that, I appreciate about them, um, is that I really understood what unconditional love is not only just for my family, but just like what it means because I, I, I know what they expected from me. Right. But I know what I did. Mm -hmm. And I saw that even me, trying to make up for that yo they still love me and they still made me it's almost like I kind of felt a little shameful because I'm like damn y'all really do I mean I know parents say they I mean your parents are supposed to love you I'm not saying every parent loves you know that's a whole nother thing but my parent honestly have instilled in me what unconditional love 
truly means. And so mm. I'm very proud to be a Blanc. I think it's not just a last name for me. It's, I don't want to sound cliche and say it's a lifestyle, but it's just. Oh, but it's, it really it's, is. It, 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 right. <laughs> it really is a lifestyle, y'all. Like. But, you know, I just, I, I just, yeah, man, I got, we got the dopest parents for real. And that's not just saying it, just to say, yo, we really have the dopest parents in the world. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing that always like kind of, <laughs> I always used to think about it, how like all three of y'all, uh, it's mm-hmm. four of us, y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all are all born in Haiti. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then it was me mm-hmm. that I came here and then I was conceived. And I used to just be like, dang. And I remember being the youngest because it was eight years between me and Merlin, who, mm-hmm. shout out to Merlin. You know hey, Mimi. And Andy, you know what I'm saying, all our siblings. But uh, there was that age gap. And I felt like kind of like the outlier mm-hmm. until I was... I would really say like 21 or so yeah. uh, when it was like, okay, I can go drink with them. And I think that was like yeah. the biggest thing. Like I could go in a club and it was just like, y'all would always go out. And, um, but like, I remember when I was able to step into that community and to be able to see it, like I saw what mom and dad were talking about. Like yeah. I always saw what they were trying to instill in us and to be yeah. um, pouring into that community. And we see it with our parents. Oh, like yeah. they have a strong Ugh. sense of belonging within their own it's families beautiful, and, yeah. and that in the community that's what right, it really is, right. is that sense of community is instilled so i think for me it was trying to get into a place where like where do i fit in right. in this dynamic right right and right. what is my role yeah and i think growing to understand mm-hmm. i don't have to be perfect right because they have that unconditional love yeah allowed me to succeed uh, expectations or mm-hmm. to succeed in whatever capacity that I did succeed yeah. because it was just like when I fell short and when I would write myself down like I would never forget there was this one particular incident I'm not gonna really go into it too <laughs> much when I was one, 15 Alex? yeah like, there's so many right and <laughs> right. I just remember like I made a really bad mistake like it was terrible and like mom and dad had to come pick me up and the mm. law enforcement called and everything and I'll never forget this conversation that dad had with me and he just like pulled me to the side hmm. and he was just like um no actually he didn't pull me to the side it was the next day mm-hmm. i didn't leave the bed i was so ashamed like i never right, left right the bed. right right and um he called me and he just was like i just want to let you know you made a big mistake but i still love you i think right. i was a, not like i still have love for you i still that doesn't say he loves us so right. we don't he it's, loves us though we know he loves us like but that's why when he says it to Caribbean my thing. niece mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying we'd be jealous like we really do right but he <laughs> he was just like i just want to let you know i don't think any less of you because of this this mistake like mm-hmm. i still value you so that was kind of like my moment of seeing that unconditional love and understanding my role in it um yeah but really recognizing like dang i really have the dopest parents and yeah. in this particular season understanding that god like you really gave me the perfect parents for me right like i couldn't have asked for any better parents yeah in the world like these are the perfect parents for me yeah um but for you hmm. what was your moment where you recognized like no this was these are the parents for me like god really gave me the perfect parents or did you have that moment are you still receiving it or? oh my god Wow. I mean, God, I have, I've had so many moments as well. Um, you know, I, I went from, well, the biggest moment in life <laughs> that I've had was, you know, being a teen mom and getting pregnant with, 
I call her the love of my life, but Nia. <laughs> and um, I know she's going to cringe when she hears us like, ew. But, I mean, you know, uh, when, when that happened, I just felt like, man, it's like you're, it's happening, but then it, your world is upside down. And, and I didn't even think about how much my life is about to change. I was just like, yo, mom and dad. Right. Forget about me being young and not knowing what the hell is about to happen. Yo, literally, how am I going to tell my mom and my dad this oh my news? God. You know what I mean? And, yo, it it was a moment where it was almost like I was not even in my body when it when mm. the news was broken. Because it's like, I literally, I think for the first time, heard my parents cry. Literally. And, I mean, boo-hoo. And... I was like, yo, they're going to disown me. There's no way they're even going to want to deal with me anymore. You know what? I'm over here, like, um, making plans with uh, my daughter's father, you know. um, And, you know, I'm like, yo, listen, let's get this together because this is it. I ain't got no more family. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm really done. So I never in a million years literally thought that I would be able to be forgiven in their eyes. And, yo, y'all, like, my my people took me in even more. They, they, they went so hard for me in a time where I just felt like I didn't even deserve it because of what I've done. And at that moment, I realized that that's what unconditional love is. Mm. I didn't have to be winning. I didn't have to be perfect. I I can make mistakes, and you're not supposed to stop loving someone because they 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 messed up, mm. you know. And so when I saw that, I understood for the first. That was when. I mean, I know our our parents don't say I love you like Americans because they're Haitian. They come from the Caribbean. They believe that love shows that I go to work, I provide for you, I give you a shelter, um, a place to live, and you have clothing on your back, food to eat, whatever. That's love for them. They're very, I don't want to say materialistic, but it's kind of, you know, so we look at it I like. I show you in my actions. I show you, to the words. which is what makes us not play either in relationships because, yeah, love is one thing, but you got to show me you love me too. Nah, so facts. they instilled that in us too. So with that being said, yo, I was like, okay, yo, this is, this is, since then, I didn't play with nobody. I was like, yo, this is love, for real. You coming in my life, I need to see this kind of love. And if you don't show me that kind of love, goodbye, deuces, we out. I'm out, mm. you know? So I understood at that moment, at the age of 17, that that was, unco- was it 17? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that was unconditional love. And, um... So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what showed me. That's how I learned what unconditional love Love was. Yeah. That was the parents for you. That God gave you the perfect parents. Man, I remember, it's funny because you talk about, like, me and you have 13 years between us. So, you. Yeah, we wasn't. No, I think you were probably 18 or 19. Yeah. Probably 18 or 19 because I was six. Oh, no, I was five. You was my baby, though. Yeah, what? you say this. You didn't want nobody to touch you. I was the only one that can hold you. You were so adorable. Still adorable, but, you know, you were so adorable. And everybody wanted to hold you, man. You was not. Listen, mm-mm, don't touch him. I did yeah. not see y'all. I was young. <laughs> I believe that, though, because, you know. Yeah. Um, And it brings me to my next point when you talk mm-hmm. about, like, 
siblings and that sibling love. Do you feel like there's ever like sibling rivalry amongst us, like the four mm-hmm. of us? <laughs> well, I think that I like think we- for the first time I've had a little situation with my siblings. I think that we're one thing I think I know for us, we're very strong minded individuals and our parents, them too, they're very strong minded within uh, their, their marriage and they've instilled in us pride. And so when we kind of have disagreements, you know, we're very opinionated. So we tend to have our own opinions, and you and I, woo, honey, <laughs> you and I, you have to be like, listen, you don't have to, you know, you you have to check me a couple times, but like, I understand that although we have our disagreements, I wouldn't call it rivalry because I mean we we got so much love for each other, and sometimes when we are in season of just I guess distance, just allowing each other to grow, um, we understand that you know what we need our time. You know, and, and, and it's not ever, you know, we don't take to the internet. We don't bash each other to other people. Whatever's mm-hmm. going on within ourselves, within, within, between us, we, we deal with it as a family. You know, if, if you see that I'm going with it with another or, or vice versa, you know, hey, that's still my sister. That's still my brother, you know, and, and we look to make peace. We never look to side with each other we Mm -hmm. always fix it like y'all need to figure it out especially you if if we're going through something you know we got women in there somewhere in there you know y'all need to figure this out listen listen keep me out of keep me out of it or y'all need to stop it you know so it's like we don't have rivalries i think we just have moments of of uh, misunderstanding and just sometimes we just need to understand as siblings we do have the right to to grow and evolve and we we can change and and uh, sometimes when you're going through certain situations there we just need a and we have learned to allow each other to go through the situation the situation but still be there for each other Mm -hmm. which i think we're so blessed to be able to do because i've seen and heard others cut each other off type no no we understand you know what this is just a, a moment and and you know what she's she's entitled to that or he's entitled to that and just allow it just to fall back but still be here we're still present does that make sense so we don't go through rivalry I don't think so in my in my opinion uh, we've been blessed enough but uh, we do understand that we are very strong minded and we are uh, we have the right to go through our seasons right that makes sense no I mean <laughs> I couldn't have said it any better because okay. I know I'm the one that like. What people don't know is I'm the most emotional in the family as Ooh, much. Hold on. Wait, that's recorded right there, right? Okay. I'm the most. He emo- said it. Whatever. <laughs> but okay. I am the most emotional. So like I'm a firecracker. So people mm. don't really know that side of me. No, so like. Who don't know? I know. No. They, of course you know. It. But okay. like the outside world would never be like, <laughs> Alex, you would say what? But like. Um, because I look at you all the way that I do. Mm-hmm. But because I'm the youngest, I feel like I have to be the loudest because like. You, you know, are. sometimes I am, I am, I am, <laughs> but, right, okay. but, um, I think I came to recognize, and it's so funny that you said, um, giving distance and giving people the opportunity. I think within our relationship in particular, like what I had to come to learn is meeting people where they are and right. meeting you where you are, because like for me forever, it was like, oh my gosh, like, why doesn't she understand <laughs> what I'm saying and where I'm yeah, coming from into oh, this perspective? Right. But like the moment that I really had a chance to take a step back and recognize like 
first of all, you're older than me. Mm-hmm. First of all, you've seen more life than I have. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I give you the grace and the understanding to try to see it from your perspective as to why you see the world the way that you do because mm-hmm. of the experiences that you've gone through? Right. And the second part is, what growth can I get right. from just hearing it? Because right. there's certain things like, for example, I think one of the biggest things that you taught me mm-hmm. in the last few years mm-hmm. is boundaries. Right. You know, like I used to think that, quote unquote, you. I used to be like, oh, you're selfish, just that and yeah. there. Until, oh, yeah. <laughs> until I was burnt out because I didn't have those boundaries. Right. And it's like, oh, no, she wasn't selfish in those moments. She was creating boundaries. It right. wasn't that she was saying no, an absolute no, and I'm not going to do this. But because, you know, it's funny, I was, I was talking to... I mean, I was listening to a book called Killing Comparison. Okay. And basically she was saying you get bitter when you want something for yourself mm-hmm. and don't know how to kind of create yeah. that. And you yeah. see somebody else doing it. So then you are you label them a certain yes. type of word because yeah. of it. So it used to be like, I would label you. I'd be like, oh, she's being selfish, just that and the third. And yeah. I had to come to recognize like, you are no, the but only one. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh-huh. you have to come to understand mm-hmm. where boundaries are needed and right. how much boundaries are needed. Yeah, because you will get burnt out, and because you've gone through what you've gone through yeah. and the experiences, and you've been someone that has traveled. You've yeah. been on your own. Yeah, you've you've done things that I haven't done yet. Right. So like Not you yet. had to create mm-hmm. these experiences in these kind of. Uh, not just boundaries, but these systems yeah. to be able to move forward. Yeah. And um, I, I just came to recognize that meeting you yeah. where you were was mm-hmm. easier and more. Actually, it wasn't easier, mm-hmm. but it was <laughs> more. The word is escaping me, but it it was better mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. To be able to meet you where you were because I was able to grow there. At, at the because time. Yeah. trying to change somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think this is across the board in yeah. life. Yeah. It's like when we meet people where we are, where they are, as opposed to trying to change them immediately, it's just Learn like, let me come to understand right. why you are the way that exactly. you are, as opposed to trying to correct it. Right. You know, and maybe I mean? you can learn something, you know? And going off that, uh, as far as my selfish ways, <laughs> quote unquote, I mean, I just think I learned. Uh, with being okay, I mean, I, I, I was okay with saying no very early in life. And, you know, I, I, and so, yeah, sometimes I might have said no more often than yes. But I, I found that it's not that I didn't want to extend myself. You know what I'm saying? It's just that I just felt like I, I want to extend myself, but I still can't jeopardize my peace. In doing so. And so I was like, okay, I want to help. I'm going to help. But is this going to also make me, because helping needs to be something that is honest. It has to be selfless. You can't feel bad afterwards. You have to be like, you know what I mean? So I just always kind of waited and maybe that's not the right way, but that's how I was doing it, you know? And, um, so, yeah, I, I tend to, at that time, I, I did say uh, no quite often. If it didn't serve me, <laughs> I mean, I would be serving someone else. But if it caused me to be in a worse situation afterwards, it's no, period. I mean, and that's It, it might have came across cold, but I think right now what we need to understand is, you know, I, I'm not a people pleaser, and, and, and we need to learn to be okay with saying no, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and not feeling guilty afterwards because that's peace right there. 
that's peace. But that's, and I, that's yeah. also self-control. Yeah. You know, and that's the biggest thing that, like, through therapy, and mm-hmm. thank you for also being very supportive of my therapy journey. I think oh, yeah. the biggest thing that I had to it's come to recognize. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. No, mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful oh, journey. It's a lot but, more of us would take that journey, and it's a, it's a good journey to take. It's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> because, yeah. like, when I talk to my therapist about people pleasing, yeah, and it's just like, what about saying no makes you feel like it's the end of the world and like you know you had to unlearn i had to unlearn a lot of things and the things that i had to unlearn was saying no is not letting someone down right because yeah when you say yes and you don't have the capacity right you're actually letting yourself down yeah which ultimately can be letting that person down because if you can't do it to the fullest of your ability what if you are forcing yourself to do something and And then you fall short be happy about it. I think if I'm going to help somebody, I got to feel it, it's yes, it's I'm helping you, but it can't make me feel bad. Right. It, it shouldn't make me feel like, man, why did I say that? Man, I, don't, I got so many other things to do. Why did I? You're not helping a person. And there's no gratitude behind it's it. Not, it's not so real. It's not, it's not a real it's sacrifice real. in a capacity. Like Just sacrifices say no. are I'm hard. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I feel like sacrifices are hard. Yeah. But it's just like. When you're doing making a sacrifice, it's kind of uh, you should be in a place where it's like uh, gratitude wrapped around. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think when you when you don't say no, mm-hmm. you are ultimately sacrificing your own well being. Exactly. Which down the line may have more detrimental things and mm-hmm. in, in costs and and just more of an outcome that you wouldn't want going into it, as opposed to if you did say no to begin with, but. Kind of want to pivot from that. Mm-hmm. Or you're about to make a point. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's an energy thing for me. Because mm. I know if if I don't feel good, I'm going to attract things that are not going to make me feel good. And so when I do certain things, I go based on the energy of that. So how am I feeling today? Am I Is it is it something I want to take on? Okay, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, sure, I'll be able to. Or yeah, yeah. But if I don't feel like that, you know, I need to get myself in that place where I am able to to give myself to that person both physically if it's something they need physically and emotionally because everything is is to me is is an energy thing so i go off that how am i feeling and, and it's not a selfish thing to ask how am i feeling today check in with yourself you know what i mean okay am i good okay if not okay i need to get my place to the get myself to the place um of being able to give back you know so yeah yeah but that's what I wanted to say. No, I mean, <laughs> and it's a perfect thing because you're talking about energy mm-hmm. and getting yourself to a place. Mm-hmm. And you are a entrepreneur. Yes. You yes. are a designer. Yes. You are a jack of all trades in the capacity mm, of yeah. <laughs> fashion in the industry. Yeah. And I guess my next question is like, what energy brought you towards or what put the desire in you to fall in love with fashion? Because like, yeah. I know... Well, yeah, I'm going to just leave it there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in my past life, for those who believe in it, maybe I was in fashion. I don't know. It's just I just fell in love with models and and clothing and just just seeing the whole system and and the runway. And, you know, so, you know, I went to, for those who don't know, I went to Barbizon and I, I, you know, I did the whole modeling and was going to go to and all of this amazing things still got a killer walk okay uh, but 
I just, I don't know. It was, it was just a beautiful thing. I just like the whole, um, just the whole concept of just creating something from nothing, you know? Um, so yeah, I fell in love with it and also watching shows and movies and just seeing, you know, reading magazines and stuff like that. So I just loved it. And I was just like, yo, wouldn't it be dope, yo, if I could just do that and, and, and just bring, bring, bring those kind of things to, um, people, you know, and I felt like at the time, I just felt like I wasn't getting certain services when I went into the stores and stuff like that and how I was feeling, I was feeling more like a number versus a real person. So I wanted to bring that, um, remove that and to introduce something different to, to my customers. So, uh, Blanc Love came to be, but Blanc Love came after a couple trials, honey. Okay. So Blunk Love is not just here from Blunk Love. It just happened yesterday, baby. No, 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 no. We've been at it for years. Okay. And I'm talking about years, New York and back and had to COVID and close and open and rebrand, honey, with a lot of other things in between. So it's been a minute. But yeah, this is how Blunk Love came to be. So it's 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 from Blunk with Love. So we shortened it up with, and it became Blanc Love. Um, from the Blanc peeps to you guys f with love. So that's, yeah. And um, everything we do at Blanc Love is with love, you know. And uh, we want our customers to feel loved and, and, and heard. And so we, we go the extra mile of, like, your your emails are personally answered, and we, we try to get to you as soon as possible and just making sure we do certain things. Not trying to sound like a commercial, y'all, but, I mean, that's what Blunk Love is. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'm glad that you're saying it because, mm -hmm. first of all, um, people need to know what we do yeah. and what you do. Yeah. Um, but you kind of touched on, <laughs> you answered, you kind of watched yourself into this about yeah. the process. Yeah. You know, and my saying for 2023 is the beauty is in the journey, not the destination. Oh, man. You know, and I think this mm. year, and I've got to keep on saying it, I've said it in other episodes, and I'm going to yeah. continue to say it, mm -hmm. is that there really is a beauty in the journey. Oh. And when you come to recognize it, mm. it's a peace. It's so deep. It's, a, it's the sense of peace to understand oh, that yeah. there is oh, yeah. a growing, and it's frustrations, of course, that oh, comes God. in it, and it's natural, but... You kind of touched on it. down, you name it. Yeah. But how did that shape you? Like you said, you've changed your name. You rebranded. You. What uh. about that? Because I remember there was a sermon that says, uh, mm -hmm. and I said this in the last episode when I was talking to Thomas Time, yeah. uh, Thomas of Thomas Time Catering, mm -hmm. um, starting over, but not from scratch. Right. You know what I mean? So you're like, right. you start over, but you're not starting from nothing there because you you'll never be able to lose there that knowledge. Go. Because you know, touching on that, we look at celebs or people who are successful and we'd be like, yo, they go broke next month, next year, they back at it. What's the difference? You know? And I realized, yo, I know this already. I done did this. This is nothing. I put together boom, boom, boom. And like overnight type, because I've been there. I'm not starting from scratch. I have experience behind me now. I know what to expect. And, and so I'm a pro at this. I'm a pro at failing. And you know, one thing is I I'm okay with that. And I've gotten to the point where listening to big, um, you know, people that I look up to and it's like, yo, if you're not failing, you're not doing nothing. Mm. You're not doing nothing. So failure is actually what we want to do. And God knows I failed so many times and uh, 
actually it's almost like you should look forward to failing if mm. you're into entrepreneurship because through failing is how you get to that next level, yo. You're not losing because you fail. You you need to understand that's the trophy right there mm. because you're able to now say, you know what? Boom, something. What can I learn from this? I never look at failure as a as what people would consider failure. And one thing I also learned to do is, yo, forget about what. I know it's harder said than done, but forget about everybody else. This is your journey, yo. And it's like, who cares what the onlookers think? Because really and truly, people who criticize are those that are too scared to fail in front of people. They're too scared to fail and they care about what others think. And I've learned through this journey that, yo, it doesn't matter. It is my journey. It is for me. Whatever your purpose and your journey is, that's for you to find out. But listen, I'm okay with failing, dropping on my face, having people talk bad about me, blah, 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 blah. But then guess what? When you went in, people know you now. They recognize you. So it's like keep going and just not be afraid of the whole failure um, process, the failing process. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Blanc Love came to be after, I mean, shoot, <laughs> Pink vintage, pink empress, pink pink uh, vintage label, you name it. Went to New York, bounced back to Maryland, and 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 really tried to regroup and rebrand to what needed what what is needed at this time, and that's what makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur. You have to learn how to adapt. Adaptability is where it's at, you know, and. You have to understand when the time moves, you move with it. You got to move with it. And um, you have to be resilient and, and, and resilient and persistent. You talking about fashion, <laughs> right? Right. And you talking about resilience because you just dropped gems. And first of all, just want to let you know, there's going to be clips. From that, that right there, what you just gave, it's okay. going to be clips. But <laughs> you're talking about just the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you had a cleaning business. You know what I mean? Ooh, like, I, I remember going that. back to like that entrepreneurial oh spirit to like, damn, it's been a minute. Huh? Yeah. Like you, you've gone mm. through different ventures and you've yeah. tried and you, and I think that's the beauty of it though. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I said I'm proud of you in the beginning, I told oh. you I was going to get back to it. I thought I forgot. No, yes, I didn't forget. Did. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you why I'm proud of you. Yeah. Uh, it's because of your resiliency. Yeah. Because you didn't quit. Yeah. And I remember, God rest his soul, you know, Nipsey. Mm -hmm. When he talks about success and like yeah. him getting to his success and he said, I felt every emotion. Yeah. And the only thing that set me <sighs> apart was I didn't quit and you yeah. didn't quit. Yeah. You know, you may have taken a break. You may yeah, have yeah. had to take, go back to the drawing, drawing board, board and, right. and reconfigure, reconstruct yeah. the, the vision. Yeah. But the destination was always the same. Period. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to have this brand. Right. I'm going to have this yeah. idea. And, um, I, I always, um, admired it mm -hmm. from a distance because yeah. and it kind of is the reason why i didn't fall away from the vision that i had yeah i didn't have uh anything that set me off this course of media right. and having this platform yeah um even though things didn't look that way because mm -hmm. you have um examples yeah and i had an yeah. example in you so definitely had to just Aww. give you your flowers for that i'll take them <laughs> <laughs> But I just wanted to add mm -hmm. on to that because we're talking about fashion and you talk about success and yeah. going through the journey. Yeah. Let's talk about the fashion industry overall. Yeah. 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 Um, as a black 
designer. Yes. Black woman designer. Yes, yes, yes. Do you feel like the fashion industry, we've seen it take strides. Yeah. But do you feel like it's where it needs to be right now for black women in the designer space? Like, Or what do you feel like, I'm going to add another part mm-hmm. is, what do you think the fashion slash beauty industry needs to do to become more inclusive despite the efforts that they have been putting forth? Right. Well, you know what? I I can honestly say from the moment that I have started up until now, they're making some progress. I'm going to give them their flowers. How about that? Um, you know, there's still a long road ahead, right? Um, but, of course, I think the whole conception has to be around the fact that black is beautiful, right? And um, not saying that to take away from any other race, but just make just in, including ourselves in the beauty, right? And mm. that our curves are beautiful, our features still beautiful, our tones it's beautiful, and we are beautiful, and that means we deserve to be part of your beauty campaigns, your beauty, you know, your clothing lines, because as much as they try to discredit or take or not include we are very much so influencing them okay so i understand that we may not be in the campaigns and that but trust me honey the swag is in there you know um the trends we create those and and you know i'm like i said i'm not taking away from anybody i'm speaking to to it as a, a black woman and what i've seen and what i know that i bring as well so Moving forward, I think brands need to understand that um, beauty is an, a, a international thing. It's, it's all of us included uh, because we're all beautiful, you know, white, brown, purple, green, whatever you call it. We're all beautiful people. And um, so, yes, include us more so. And, I mean, I've seen little steps here and there. You know, I love me some Fenty, and, and some people have things to say. I've, I've noticed um, Lancome and beauty and stuff like that, including more darker shades and all of that stuff and makeup. And, you know, I've seen more black models here and there, but we still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. We still got a long way to go. But, I mean, yes, keep going with the progress, but, honey, it is a process, and we still have a long way to go. But for me, you know, I want to be able to express that with my brand and to also include more, but also not to exclude anybody. And, I, and, and it's very possible because as much as other brands or, or clothing companies try to discredit black women, honey, we are very much still in everything that you guys do. You can't, you can't take it away from us. So, I mean, we, we still got to keep going. We still have work to do, if that makes sense. No, I mean, bro, you. <laughs> still got work to do. Yeah, I tried to tell you. I thought I was playing when I told you my sister got some fire. I thought, yeah, I thought I was playing. You know I keep on telling y'all the people that I'm gonna bring on this podcast. <laughs> hey, okay. Thank gonna you. have they're gonna have some gems. You definitely yeah. have been landing on them this thank episode. You, so thank, thank you for you. sharing your truth and yes. everything throughout this episode. I have thank one you more for question. Me comfortable. Oh, you know, yeah, it is a family <laughs> system, you know. Yes. Um. Last question. Yes. Um. 
Setting the price. Hmm? Setting the price. Setting the price. Okay. As designers, as creators. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we sell ourselves short. 100%. We'll go for comfortability Mm -hmm. and affordability Mm -hmm. and not really value Mm -hmm. our product and content. Yes. Uh, to where it should be right. for the work and thought that yes. goes into creating the product. Oh. Do you mm. feel like, how do you go about setting the price mm. for your product, for your ideas, for mm. your content, for mm-hmm. whatever it may be? Because mm-hmm. in, as an entrepreneur, yeah, what determines that for you? Mm. Well, I've made the mistake early on or let's even say a few years ago recently really like with charging too little and the reason why I felt like I undermined myself and felt like you know who am I I'm a little uh, entrepreneur a little brand you know who am I to try to compete but then I went on this journey of self and understanding it, it, it kind of connects with value. Um, how do you value yourself and, and what you bring to the table? And I realized that, yo, I know my stuff and I got some fire stuff. I got some fire pieces and um, I do treat my customers very well. I'm able to deliver. Yo, why not charge this amount versus that amount and thinking that just because I'm a small brand and in in my mind would at that time because now I'm a big brand we big um (laughs) but you know I thought like that because I felt like man it's it's almost like I I kind of undermined myself when doing that and I realized and I'm not telling you to go ahead and tell pieces of paper I mean if you know you got the best pieces of paper you know to sell an arm uh, to sell it for an arm and a leg but you got to believe in yourself and your product and I got to the point where I believed in myself. I know, I know, not knew, but I know that I bring what I bring to the table and what I'm able to deliver to my customers. So, yeah, we're going to charge for that, period. We're going to charge for that. And we're going to make sure not only am I charging for that, I'm not sh- selling them short. I'm, I'm making sure I deliver, of course. Um, but the way that I determine that is, of course, what am I doing? Am I going the extra mile? Am I, what am I, am I, am I, you know, am, what, what, what little steps am I taking in between that a big brand is not doing? What am I doing to make you feel uh, like you are the only customer that walked in to my business and that matters? So it's like all these little steps and also quality, you guys, right? Um, all that plays a role. Um, and also my time too, and 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 what I'm, how am I sweating? And I do sweat a lot, but how am I sweating? And what am I going through? And and how's that playing into? Yeah, that costs. So yeah, we cost, but we deliver. <laughs> All right, I know I said that was the last question, but I got yeah. another question now oh, because you Lord. said that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when it comes to. We already talked about the power in our last name and we mm-hmm. hold so much value in our last name. Yeah. I know the legacy that I want to leave behind. Right. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Mm. Dang, Alex, you hit me with the whoa. For those who know. Um, 
Wow, legacy. Right now, my 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 legacy that I want to leave behind for the following blancs and and then some. We got some curries in there, but um, just just being able to work hard and to make sure that they know we basically want to leave something that is going to carry on and to be able to build generational wealth. My legacy is is uplifting the next to come behind me. I want them to grow and to learn and to prosper in ways that uh, we didn't before. You know, so my legacy is growth, prosperity, and abundance for my my line to come, for those that are to follow, and just to make sure that I'm able to leave something for them to be proud of and to understand it, it happened not from stealing from people and doing anything negative, but from working hard, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what I want to be remembered as, my legacy. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't have ended on a better note, y'all. All right. <laughs> nah, um, thank you for taking time to. Thank you for having me, of course. Stepping into the studio with me and, uh, you know, have this conversation because it was it was long overdue, honestly. Yeah, thank uh, We should have started the series with you for real. I ain't going to hold you. I'm Ooh. not just saying it because you're here, but <laughs> it was some gems that were dropped. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because like, while you were talking, um, when we were talking about parents earlier and I know mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you another question or anything, but yeah. um, I'm just grateful that when you talk about parents, mm-hmm. the thing that they instilled in us above all else is God. Oh man. They instilled God in us oh, and my um, goodness. they showed us how to pray, who to go Oof. to, who to speak to, who to mm. believe in in moments where, Yo, we things got the best are dead. Yeah, no, for sure. Real talk. You know, like they they may not have been able to get us all the clothes, give us all the yeah, but they gave, they gave us, us God. Yeah. And that was the most important thing, and that was the best possible thing that they could have. Yeah. That was the thing that he we could not have replaced. Can't buy that. Yeah. And I thank um God for that. I thank God for you. I thank God for the experiences that we have gone through. Yeah. Um because it truly is priceless. But yeah. um you all heard it here. You all need to check the check out Blanc Love. Tell them the people where they can follow you oh, all your yes. social media platforms. Um, so on Instagram is at shop Blanc Love, and um, of course it's blanclove.com for the website. You guys, personal any <laughs> no personal brands? You 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 <laughs> give yourself a shout out. TikTok. Yo, <laughs> I mean, she's a she's a TikTok star now. So uh, I'm just like you no, know. We try. I mean, myself. You can follow me. Um, it's Midlene Blanc. Um, on Instagram, also on TikTok. I mean, you know, we coming up there. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for riding with us for yet another fantastic episode of Why Now with Alexander yes. the Blanc. Yes, yes. You know how we ended off. Peace. Peace.